Hello guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy that you're here. As you guys have probably been able to tell by this point, there was not any intro music and there won't be any cool transitions or anything. And that is because my laptop is being repaired and it has been just a huge roadblock for the week and was honestly the reason why I came up with this podcast episode to do was because I was so frustrated this week and was just not having a lot of grace on myself and felt like it was my fault, even though it is not my fault that my laptop completely died on me. Essentially, the backlight on the screen went out. And it's something that with the 2017 MacBooks, I've heard tons of people tell me this happened to theirs too. And I guess my screen had a little crack in it. So they said that it was probably my fault, which I don't think it was. I don't even know where that crack came from, but I've never dropped my laptop or anything. And it ended up being close to $800 to repair, which is still cheaper than a MacBook to buy a new one. And I'm also thankful that I didn't have to wipe it or anything, but I have been trying to get a lot of stuff together because by this point I haven't actually announced it I don't think but because you guys are podcast listeners you guys can get the inside scoop that we are getting a puppy so it's Thursday when I'm recording this we are getting our puppy on Saturday and I have been trying to finish up a lot of work stuff before getting into this week with our puppy because I just want to be really hands-on really just focusing on this dog and trying to like house train a puppy and everything and I've just been so excited for this I just wanted to give myself a week of like playing with this dog and not you know focusing on other stuff but I obviously can't do that now because I haven't had my laptop for the week I'm recording this on Aiden's MacBook which does the job I don't know how much I'm going to be able to edit this but I'm recording in GarageBand I'm going to try to edit it in iMovie, but I use Final Cut Pro, so it's just a lot different than what I'm used to. But all that being said, there are a lot of things that I just can't control right now. There are a lot of things that are out of my control. I was supposed to record with my friend Kenzie for something for her channel today, but there's like an ice storm right now. It's just a really random week, especially in Texas. It's so cold right now. It's less than 30, which yes, is cold in Texas. I know it's colder in other places, but it doesn't really get that cold here. And the thing about ice here is when people drive in it, they're not used to driving in it. And so there are a lot of wrecks. Like there was a wreck that was a hundred car pile up today. And so I'm just thankful that that is not my situation and that I'm able to stay home today and be safe. So I'm trying to count my blessings. But with that being said, I was thinking about a podcast episode that was just a little bit more of a chat, something I could do and not have to do a lot of editing, just be able to kind of put this up because I don't really like to pre-plan my podcast. I like it to very much be things that I'm dealing with that week. I think it keeps it a lot more raw and natural. And that's personally what I like in a podcast. I don't really like listening to podcasts that are really pre-recorded and really interview based I just think that they're for me just not like my taste I do those every now and then but I don't like to plan my podcast out too far in advance like I do with my videos but I was just thinking about this topic of kind of having grace with myself and I was thinking about in my life the people that I respect the most are those who have a lot of grace for other people who forgive people who are not quick to judge other people and are just very gracious people. And I do want to say that this aspect of giving yourself grace and kind of being easier on yourself for me is very much tied to my beliefs as a Christian and 
by beliefs and the grace that God gives us in forgiving our sins and how we're called to mirror Christ in this way and show others grace and show ourselves grace. So this is going to be a podcast that is very Bible-based. There are going to be a lot of verses, a lot of stuff from books that I've read. I'd still encourage you to listen like always, but if that's something you don't want to listen to, I just want to say that in the beginning so you don't waste your time and you know what you're getting into, but that is kind of what the gist is of this. I'm going to go into also some submissions that you guys sent, aspects of your life that you find are really hard to give yourself grace in. And when I was reading through these submissions, I just got them on Instagram, which is just at Michelle Reed. If you ever want to be a part one of these, I was reading them. It almost brought me to tears. Some of the things that you guys said, one, because I resonated with a lot of them and B, some of them were just so intense and it made me so sad. And I was like, we really need to give ourselves grace. Obviously, there were some people who said, you know, sometimes I feel like I give myself too much grace. Sometimes I don't have enough self-discipline. So I think you just kind of have to be conscious about your personality type. And I'm also going to talk about my personality type, why this is something that's so hard for me. And then I'm also going to go into what I think grace is, what grace means, kind of more from the Christian perspective. And then I'm going to go into areas of my life that I find are really hard to give myself grace in. And then I'm going to finish with just tips and steps to kind of having a more gracious attitude towards yourself and also towards others. So that is what this podcast is going to be about. I kind of shared my life update, but yeah, the laptop thing I know is not a big deal, but it has just thrown me off because I was really planning to have a very work heavy week. Luckily, I've already posted my videos for Sunday and also... Tuesday, I'll have that video ready. And I had my video done for last Tuesday. So luckily all that stuff was done. But But yeah, I can't really see how long this is either. So if this is too long or too short, it will likely be too short because I usually go err on the side of being too short. But this is just going to be a little funky episode. So we're just going to have to get through it this week. But yeah, the puppy is the most exciting thing. We have wanted a puppy for so long. We are the biggest dog people. If you guys watch my vlogs, you know how much I love Roxy, my puppy or my dog that I had back home. I grew up with a golden retriever. So we're just really big dog people. My parents or my mom actually train dogs. And so I'm just very much a dog person. And I feel like we're in our phase of life where it's really responsible to get a dog right now. We aren't big travel people. And when we do, we just do weekend trips where we drive for the most part. I would love to travel more, but it's just not the thing in our budget that I feel like we are most inclined to spend our money towards. I would love to eventually, but for now, I think that this is the perfect time to get a puppy and to train a puppy, and I am just so, so excited. So that's going to be a really fun thing if you guys want to subscribe to my YouTube channel because I will be showing him and showing our journey of raising our puppy, which I'm so excited about. But yeah, I think that's pretty much all my life update. The thing that sparked this episode, though, so yesterday I just had a really frustrated day where I literally just was trying to work and trying to do stuff, but not having my laptop, it was so hard. And today I woke up and just told myself, okay, I'm just going to have a good day. I'm going to make it a good day. It is what it is. The situation is not going to change. So I'm just going to run with it. I'm just going to have a really good day. So I slept in. I made some baked oatmeal, which is like a treat for me. I never really make that. I also did a really nice Cindy Cummings 
HIIT workout. I took my time doing my makeup. I really spent more time and just really enjoyed the day and I find I'm in a much better headspace. But the reason why I am so uptight, which I don't think is something that people really get from my videos or my podcast, is because of my personality. I'm not a huge Enneagram person and I'm also not a huge Myers-Briggs person. But I do think it's helpful when you're trying to understand yourself and also kind of share more about yourself to understand other people more. And so I want to read, if you guys don't know, I'm a type one on the Enneagram and I'm going to read kind of a summary of what a type one is, their weaknesses. But I do want to say this is an episode that no matter your personality type, I think we can all relate to. But this says ones are conscientious and ethical with a strong sense of right and wrong. They are teachers, crusaders, and advocates for change, always striving to improve things but afraid of making a mistake. They are well-organized and orderly, and they try to maintain high standards but can slip into being critical and perfectionist. They typically have problems with resentment and impatience. At their best, they are wise, discerning, realistic, and noble. Ones believe that being strict with themselves and eventually becoming perfect will justify them in their own eyes and in the eyes of others. But by attempting to create their own brand of perfection, they often create their own personal hell. Instead of agreeing with the statement in Genesis that God saw what he had created and said it was good, ones intensely feel that it wasn't. There obviously have been some mistakes here. This orientation makes it difficult for them to trust their inner guidance, indeed to trust life, so ones come to rely heavily on their superego, a learned voice from their childhood, to guide them toward the greater good, which they so passionately seek. When ones have gotten completely entranced in their personality, there is little distinction between them and this severe, unforgiving voice. Separating from it and seeing its genuine strengths and limitations is what growth for ones is about. So that's my Enneagram type, and I know a lot of people resonate with that. I have a lot of ones who follow me, and I think that's because I talk a lot about cleaning and routines and good habits, and these are naturally things that I think ones and threes are really inclined to do, but obviously everyone likes good habits and routines for the most part. And then my Myers-Briggs type, which I just recently took again because I had it in a while, I am an ISFJ, which means that I am introverted, observant, feeling, and judging. So I have the defender personality type, and it says that they are often meticulous to the point of perfectionism, and though they procrastinate, they can always be relied on to get the job done. They take their responsibilities personally, consistently going above and beyond, doing everything they can to exceed expectations. These people tend to be warm and unassuming in their own steady way. They're efficient and responsible, giving careful attention to practical details in their daily lives. Their weaknesses are that they're humble and shy, they repress their feelings, they overload themselves, and they're reluctant to change. And so I was curious reading these things and I was like, okay, obviously I'm not the only person who has this kind of tendency to really try to make things better and to really it's not even making things better though for me I just like to do things a set way and I like order to things and so I was thinking about myself I was like I really want to see what you guys personally find are areas of your life that are hard to give yourself grace in and I'm gonna read some of these and I reshared a few of these on Instagram and a lot of people said oh my gosh I felt like I was the only one who felt that way like it's so good that I don't feel that alone in this because other people deal with this too, but I'm going to read through. It says, past mistakes in high school regarding drinking and hookup culture when I project onto my friends when I was dealing with personal struggles. 
eating and exercising, using food as a stress reliever and not looking like how I used to, the way I reacted to certain situations, bitterness and anger, for taking out student loans, not checking in on my loved ones enough, going too far physically in my past relationships, feeling like I need to earn rest, like needing to finish chores or a task to get to rest. That one really hit home for me. That was the one I related to, I think, the most. Saying hurtful things as a teenager that I really regret and don't endorse now. There's another one that says, spending way too much time on my phone, being introverted and quiet, my anger issues, getting so angry but not being able to improve on it, wasting money, not being financially prudent, feeling behind when comparing myself to other 22-year-olds, moving in for college and not having very many friends, making me lack confidence. 26 and still dependent on my parents, stress eating, and never being in a relationship. And then messing up at work was a big one. I saw a lot of those. So those were just a few. But you may have heard me reading those and been like, oh my gosh, there are 10 of those that I feel like I struggle with a lot. So for me personally, some things that are hard for me is one, just forgiving myself on mistakes I made a long time ago. Now, I am someone who I think I like to think I'm a very forgiving person of other people. I really am not the kind of person to hold a grudge against people. And I understand that people change their mind on things. Sometimes they say something in the heat of the moment. I try to have grace with people because I know that's how Jesus acts towards me. But that's also how I would want them to act towards me as well. But for some reason, forgiving myself when I make mistakes a long time ago is so hard especially i talked about this in my gossiping episode which i think is a good one to listen to it's one of my favorites but i wrote this mean letter to someone in seventh grade it wasn't to this person but it was to my friend and i said something mean about someone in it and that person who i said the mean thing about found it and this was just a stupid thing i said something mean and i wasn't even like anything super dramatic But I will never forget that. And when I think about that, it makes me feel so bad. And I'm like, Michelle, you were in seventh grade. You also came to terms with that person. You apologized to them. And so there's nothing to do now but move on. But I still think about that. And I still think about how I hurt that person. And even on a lighter note, like simple things. I remember when I started my job, when I worked a job post-grad at a marketing agency. I had never really worked a job like this before. And It was very much the kind of job where you learned on the job. You didn't have set roles or tasks. And I just didn't know what I was supposed to be working on. So I remember I was in a meeting, but it was very much like the people who were higher up. It was for them. But I was supposed to be taking notes. And I just didn't know I was supposed to be taking notes in it because I was like the lowest person on the team. And I remember afterwards, like my boss boss reached out to me and said, hey, make sure like you're taking notes in meetings, like just a simple thing trying to be nice, trying to let me know. And I still think about that. And I'm like, why did I not know that I was supposed to be doing that? And I'm so hard on myself. And another area is when I remember how I hurt my parents or my family. And it wasn't necessarily a fight, but I remember having disagreements and just saying things I didn't mean, even if it was things that I said on accident. I just always think about those moments and feel so bad about them. Another big area for me is money. I don't really feel guilty when I make purchases that I've thought about and I justify. I'm pretty good about this, but anytime emergency costs come up where I just didn't foresee, like exhibit A is my laptop, 
when they told me it was going to be $800, I'm just so hard on myself where I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Why did I let this happen? That's so much money. I feel so guilty, especially because we're trying to save right now because we want to buy a house down the road. I just feel so bad, but it's like I could not have foreseen this happening and this kind of stuff just happens. Like, it's a reality. It does happen. It's just part of life. I'm just so tough on myself in that area. And I know for other people, they will compare their savings to other people's and feel like, you know, by this age, I need to have X amount of money saved. Or sometimes for me, I feel bad because I'm not investing my money as much as I should be, that I'm not making my money worth it. Especially right now, I feel like there's going to be crazy inflation down the road. And so I'm just constantly thinking this money is worth nothing if it just sits in my savings account. And also just feeling like I'm not giving enough money even though we tithe regularly. I try to, you know, donate to causes that I care about. But I just never feel like I'm using my money in the best way. But especially with those emergency purchases, I just cannot forgive myself when they happen. Another big thing, this is probably one of the biggest, is my irritability. I'm someone who gets irritated very easily especially when I just have like a disagreement maybe with Aiden and I say something that I don't mean and I let really dumb things bother me. I'm not someone who gets really bothered by big things, but whenever it's small things, I don't know why they just bother me so much. Or sometimes maybe I'll get like a mean DM and I'll lash out instead of having the patience to collect myself and then just hope for the best for this person because I know that hurt people hurt people and I say that to myself all the time but sometimes I let my irritability and my anger get the best of me and I get really frustrated with that something that used to be a big thing was my work I used to feel bad if I wasn't making as much one month as I did the last month because I do freelance and so this kind of job you don't really have consistent income I don't like to say that though because I do have consistent income it just varies month to month And I'll feel down about myself because when you're in a job where you can just make more money by doing X better or growing in followers or getting more views, it's not like a traditional job where your salary is the cap beyond like a bonus or something. There's just a lot of pressure to always be performing better, but I have really gotten better with learning that my success is not correlated to numbers. And at the end of the day, the thing that makes me feel good isn't about how much money I'm making. It's not about how many views I have. It's not about how many subscribers I'm gaining. It's when I get messages where people say, you really helped me with X or you brought me out of this situation or your videos make me feel good when I'm feeling really anxious. And that to me is like what my job is worth. But those are areas of my life where I just find it's so hard for me to kind of give myself some slack. And I do want to say that I do think there are areas of your life that you need to work on and there are times when you make mistakes and you need to make them right. But when it's everyday things, especially they're rational things like you're not working quote hard enough or you're not being X way in your fitness, you don't look a certain way. Those are the things where I think we really need to learn to have grace with ourselves. And I'm going to talk about the difference between grace and repenting. You do need to distinguish between those two things because they're both really important. But from day-to-day life, these things cannot loom over us. So for me, I want to talk about what grace actually is. And I'm going to talk about this from a biblical perspective about what I think it is. This is an excerpt and it's a little bit lengthy, but it's from gotquestions.org, which I think is a really great Christian resource. If you ever have a question about something, they have really good responses. 
But this says, grace is a constant theme in the Bible, and it culminates in the New Testament with the coming of Jesus. The word translated grace in the New Testament comes from the Greek word charis, which means favor, blessing, or kindness. We can all extend grace to others, but when the word grace is used in connection with God, it takes on a more powerful meaning. Grace is God choosing to bless us rather than curse us as our sin deserves. It is benevolence to the under, undeserving. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith in that not of ourselves. The only way any of us can enter into a relationship with God is because of his grace towards us. Grace began in the Garden of Eden when God killed an animal to cover the sin of Adam and Eve. He could have killed the first humans right then for their disobedience, but rather than destroy them, he chose to make a way for them to be right with him. That pattern of grace continued through the Old Testament when God instituted blood sacrifices as a means to atone for sinful men. It was not the physical blood of those sacrifices, per se, that cleansed sinners. It was the grace of God that forgave those who trusted in him. Sinful men showed their faith by offering the sacrifices that God required. The Apostle Paul began many of his letters with the phrase, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God is the instigator of grace, and it is from him that all other grace flows. God shows both mercy and grace, but they are not the same. Mercy withholds a punishment we deserve. Grace gives a blessing we don't deserve. In mercy, God chose to cancel our sin debt by sacrificing his perfect son in our place, but he goes even further than mercy and extends grace to his enemies. He offers us forgiveness, reconciliation, abundant life, eternal treasure, his Holy Spirit, and a place in heaven with him someday. When we accept his offer and place our faith in his sacrifice, grace is God giving the great treasure to the least deserving, which is for every one of us. And honestly, like reading that just gives me chills because it's so countercultural this idea of grace and forgiving your enemies. I think now we just keep tallies on everyone. We keep tallies of every single thing that we do and we're bitter and angry. And to see a God who looks on us and sees just pure sin in our nature, but then forgives us and doesn't just give us mercy, but gives us grace. It's such a beautiful thing. And another thing that I really like, it's actually this book and it's called The Case for Grace by Lee Strobel. He has this quote that says, But C.S. Lewis made the point that we hate sin but love the sinner all the time in our own lives. In other words, when we're judging ourselves, we always love the sinner despite our sin. We accept ourselves even though we might not always like our behavior. And going off the C.S. Lewis quotes, because I love C.S. Lewis, he has a few. The first one says, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. I think that if God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, it is almost like setting up ourselves as a higher tribunal than him. And I really like that quote because I've never thought about it like that. I've never thought of obviously understanding that I have grace from God, but then taking that and saying, if I don't extend grace to myself, that's basically assuming that I am a higher power than God and that I know better than him because I'm not accepting the grace that he gave me. And it just makes me go back to that point of thinking about the people who give grace. Those are the most freeing people to be around. And it's always my inspiration because I want to be that person to someone else. When you are in the place where obviously someone loves you in truth and grace, and it's not to say that you're constantly making mistakes, but that they 
offer forgiveness and you feel like you can genuinely learn and become a better person because this person actually cares for you and extends that grace for you. It's just a really beautiful thing. And it makes me think of this verse. It's in Ephesians. It's Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. But let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And it's just that last verse of saying, as God in Christ forgave you. It always reflects back to how God treats us and how we're called to treat ourselves and also other people. Another book that I have started to read because I just finished Garden City by John Mark Comer. He has another book, which you've probably seen. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. He has this excerpt, and I think it's so good, but it says, because what you give your attention to is the person that you become. Put another way, the mind is the portal to the soul, and what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. In the end, your life is no more than the sum of what you gave your attention to. That bodes well for those apprentices of Jesus who give the bulk of their attention to him and to all that is good, beautiful, and true in his world. But not for those who give their attention to the new cycle of outrage and anxiety and emotion-charging drama or the nonstop feed of celebrity gossip and cultural dribble. As we give into the first place, much of it is stolen by a clever algorithm out to monetize our precious attention. Woo! So good. But again, we become what we give our attention to for better or for worse. And it just makes me think, why are we giving our attention to all the insecurities that we have in ourselves and all the attention on areas of our life that are just mistakes we made or mistakes that aren't even mistakes that you maybe are eating as healthy as you want to be or maybe you didn't work as much as you want to be. Why are you focusing all that attention there instead of focusing on things that are more productive. One of my favorite verses, and this was the one that I told myself I'm really going to focus on this year. It's in Philippians 4 and it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And I always repeat that when I find myself focusing on things that just aren't good, that are negative for my headspace, that are not helping me be a better person or a better Christian, I think about these things and I repeat, is this true? Is this noble? Is this right? And I use it as a litmus test. And just sitting there feeling bad because you didn't measure up in the way that you wish you had is not true. It's not noble. It's not pure. It's not spending your energy to places that are productive but there is an important place for repentance and this is what i wanted to kind of share so this is from got questions again but it says many understand the term repentance to mean a turning from sin regretting sin and turning from it is related to the process but it is not the price precise meaning of the word in the bible the word repent means to change one's mind the bible also tells us that true repentance will result in a change of actions in summarizing his ministry paul declares i preach that they should repent and turn to god and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds the full biblical definition of repentance is a change of mind that results in a change of action repentance involves recognizing that you have thought wrongly in the past and determining to think rightly in the future 
the repentant person has second thoughts about the mindset he formerly embraced. There is a change of disposition and a new way of thinking about God, about sin, about holiness, and about doing God's will. True repentance is prompted by godly sorrow and it leads to salvation. Repentance is not a work we do to earn salvation. No one can repent and come to God unless God pulls that person to himself. Repentance is something God gives. It only is possible because of his grace. No one can repent unless God grants repentance. All of salvation, including repentance and faith, is a result of God drawing us, opening our eyes, and changing our hearts. God's long suffering leads us to repentance and does as does his kindness. While repentance is not a work that earns salvation, repentance unto salvation does result in works. It is impossible to truly change your mind without that causing a change in action. In the Bible, repentance results in a change in behavior. That is why John the Baptist called people to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. A person who has truly repented of his sin and exercised faith in Christ will give evidence of a changed life. To see what repentance looks like in real life, all we need to do is turn to the story of Zacchaeus. Here was a man who cheated and stole and lived lavishly on his ill-gotten gains until he met Jesus. At that point, he had a radical change of mind. Look, Lord, said Zacchaeus, here and now I will give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus happily proclaimed that salvation had come to Zacchaeus' house and that even the tax collector was now a son of Abraham, a reference to Zacchaeus' faith. The cheat became a philanthropist, the thief. And so I do think when you make genuine mistakes, there is this importance of repentance beyond just grace. Because when you have too much grace with yourself and too much grace with other people, you know, C.S. Lewis talks about cheap grace and not having the works that come with it. And I love how it talks about you can see it in your life when you've repented, and I totally agree with that. And I think for me, that's why I always value my relationships with people when I see them forgive and when I see them ask for forgiveness. Like, there's no better way of seeing someone's humility than that in terms of personal relationships. I'm talking about when you feel wronged by someone and they come to you in person and say that it's just really valuable and for me that's always something that really marks a good friendship but it's so hard like I'm not saying I'm good at this I'm not good at admitting when I'm wrong and admitting my mistakes to people in my personal life but it is something that's important it always makes me think of the story of the prodigal son when if you guys don't know this story it's essentially a son who like wronged his family but then he comes back to his family And I love this verse in Luke. It says, So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. It's just such undeserved love, but he came back. And I think that that's how God greets us when we come back, when we make mistakes. That doesn't mean that you don't repent after that, but it's just such a good picture of the love that God shows us and the love that we're called to show other people and also ourselves, which I had never really thought about it like that. I always thought, you know, it's selfish when I have grace on myself, But it's actually assuming that you're better than God because you think that you don't deserve that grace and putting yourself as an authority over him. And I just never really thought about it like that. And again, it just goes back to it's just so different than what we see in society and what our inclination is. Like we don't naturally do this for people. We don't naturally do this to ourselves. And I think that's why it's important to train this muscle of forgiving people and offering grace and offering grace to yourself. And so I wanted to go into just steps 
from my just personal life that have really helped me and the first one and this is especially if it's something that you're not having grace on yourself because it's an unrealistic standard but you need to evaluate your standards anytime in life when I feel like I'm really falling short especially I think with work this is a big one you really have to evaluate am I being too hard on myself is this a standard I set for myself or is it my boss who's setting the standard and maybe you can have a conversation there if you just feel like you're constantly feeling down about it and make new standards, especially if they're just standards you set with yourself. If you're being so hard on yourself in terms of body image and eating, I have a whole podcast on my relationship with that stuff if you want to listen. I really talked about getting out of this mindset because it's so hard not to be so hard on yourself, especially in that area. And two is just learning to forgive other people. I find when I have a more compassionate heart to other people, I in return want to be more compassionate to myself because it really is a muscle. It's one of those things that you have to practice and it's never my inclination. Like when I'm wronged by someone, you don't originally want to be compassionate towards people. You want to seek revenge. You want to lash out. You want to hurt them just like they hurt you, but that's not how we're called to be. Number three, especially when it's things on the past, you just have to stop dwelling on the past. If it's a mistake and you still haven't come to terms with it, you know, ask for forgiveness from someone. If it's just something that's looming over your head, like you just didn't get closure on it, try to go back and make things right. But when you're just focusing on past mistakes that you have made right, you just got to get over it. And there's really no simple way to do this. But something I try to do when I catch myself thinking about past mistakes, even just times when I felt embarrassed, like when I did stupid stuff back in the day, one thing that I always think about, I remember I was in a college class and my professor literally played one of my halls on the screen, like my fashion halls, and was saying that like I was posing inappropriately. When I think about that moment, I get so much secondhand embarrassment for myself, but I physically have to do something to distract myself. I'll start working on a video or I will go make some lunch or I will just try to distract myself and get this out of my head because you sometimes just have to physically remove yourself from the thought that is looming over your head. Another thing that helps me, especially in terms of irritability and anger, is number four, just to slow down. I find when I am just reacting in the heat of a moment, I am so angry. I make impulsive decisions. I say things I don't mean. I am a much more gracious person to myself and other people when I just slow down, when I just let myself have patience. Patience is not something that comes naturally to me. I'm someone who's like, I want to get this done. I want to do this now. I'm mad right now. So I'm going to make it known that I'm mad right now. And I just have to get over that and breathe and also put up boundaries in your life. I feel like I'm plugging a lot of episodes in this, but I did a whole episode on boundaries. When you have healthier boundaries in your life, it's easier not to get to the point where you need to ask for grace for yourself or other people. But sometimes you just have to pause. If you are in a fight or a disagreement with your significant other, cooling off, taking some time and just being like, hey, I know we want to talk about this right now, but I'm going to say something that I don't mean if I sit here and taking an hour to kind of think through things on your own. I know a lot of people don't agree with this. They think you should just hash it out right there, but I personally don't think that's a good idea. It depends on your personality type, but for mine, not a good idea. Number five is just to read more. I find this is like something I've learned so much, especially this past year, being on my phone and scrolling and being on social media 
does not make me a more gracious person because you don't see that on the internet. You don't see people giving each other grace. You see people being super hard on other people, being hard on themselves. You see people just being literally so physically hard on themselves and it's not good for you to constantly see that. But picking up a book and reading and learning and I find that a lot of times I read things in books that I'm not seeing online and so that can be really helpful as well. And number six, this kind of goes with the forgiving other people, but putting out good energy for me, spend the time that you think about yourself when you're thinking, I was so bad that I did this, or I really regret this, or I wish I worked harder. Spend that time thinking about other people. Try to think of something that you can do for someone else. For me, this was, I know I keep plugging episodes, but when I did that podcast on self-love, I really talked about this a lot, how When I started putting that energy, I was thinking about myself towards other people. And I'm not even talking about you need to go volunteer someone or do something crazy, but check in on your friend, check in on your boyfriend or your girlfriend, check in on your family and be there for people. It'll likely make you feel like a better person. And it's just a productive way to spend that energy. And this last one is the most important thing that I want to say. If this is something you struggle with extensively when you are really not giving yourself grace, I know therapy isn't something that's accessible for everyone. And I know a lot of people think it's like trendy to talk about therapy, but I personally haven't been to therapy. I went to one therapy session in college with my college counselor because I was dealing with insomnia and everything. And it was really nice just to get to talk to someone who is outside of my life on how I was feeling, you can learn how to physically deal with these emotions and these things that are causing you to be so hard on yourself. And it can be really helpful. I know there are a lot of free resources out there. Sometimes your insurance covers it. But if this podcast has you saying, wow, I really need to work on these things, this could be something that's really helpful for you. I know faithful counseling is one that I have actually been learning about more because I might do a sponsorship for them, but it's like a faith-based counselor. If that's something you're interested in, I'll have it in the show notes. But yeah, I know therapy can be really helpful for people when they're trying to get out of certain thought patterns and mindsets that just aren't productive for you and are ultimately harming you. And that is really all I have to say about giving yourself grace. I apologize if this episode was a bit shorter than normal. I just wanted to be vulnerable with you guys. I never want to come off on my podcast or my channel as having everything together, but I also don't want to be overly oversharing. That was actually one of the things someone said that they always don't give themselves grace about is oversharing with other people because I do think there is an extent where it's healthy to have those boundaries in place, but I just don't like getting messages that say, you look like you have it all together, your life seems perfect, you look perfect, because that could just not be farther from reality. I have a lot of flaws, and one of those is being really irritable, and then not giving myself grace when I think about the times that I was really irritable. So I am human, and I hope this just made you realize that it's okay to be human, and it's okay to get past your mistakes and to move on and that's healthy and that's honestly what life is about like we make mistakes but like I said God gives us grace that we don't deserve not just mercy but grace and it's free to accept that and you have the ability to accept that and you don't need to be trapped in shame or guilt for any of your past so I hope this just gave you a little bit of freedom. Feel free to let me know if it did. Feel free to let me know if you liked this episode. I know it was a bit different. Let me know if you liked the more chatty episode with 
less edits. I don't really edit my podcast too much, but I do edit out my ums a little bit, my likes, and I try to kind of make it a little bit more snippy, but this one is going to be really chill because I don't think I can edit it too much, so let me know. Feel free to write a review if you liked it. I always really like seeing those, so I appreciate all the love there. I'm so thankful for you guys. I hope you guys are having a great week when you're listening, and feel free to follow me if you want to see some cute puppy content because it is coming on Tuesday after you listen to this, if you're listening to this on the Monday that it goes up obviously you can tell I'm very excited. I'm talking really fast because this has been the slowest week ever. We've been so excited. So I'm just really excited, but thank you guys for listening. I'm so thankful for you guys and I will talk to you guys in my next episode. Bye friends.